I've got a big question mark hanging over West London. I've got a burning globe. Sorry. Hello there. I tried to tell you. Hello there. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take great things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have strolled through the orchard of time to pick the plums of history, having tested them for plumpness, tartitude and mouthfeel and cooked them up with the sugar of entertainment. We're presenting the resulting jam to broadcaster, entertainer and all-time legend. It's Helen Ledra. How are you, Helen? Oh, I'm loving the plum jam thing. It's making me a little bit hungry for something sweet. We'll be be sure to send you a jar. Yes. Uh, What sort of history do you like, Helen? What are you looking, hoping to hear? Um, Something that happened in the past Mm -hmm. is probably the genre that I favour. Great. Um, So I did do O-level history. Um, I believe I passed at a low rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get over the line. Uh, European history, okay. Tudors and Stuarts are things oh. I can't really remember very much about. <laughs> Hooray! Oh. Right, well, I'm going to take us straight back to the middle of the Tudors and the Stuarts to the 29th of June, 1613, when the Globe Theatre burned to the ground. In 1599, Shakespeare's company, the Lord Chamberlain's men, had uh, set up the Globe Theatre. They'd previously been at a theatre called The Theatre, um, uh, but the ma- person who owned the land on which the theatre was built, which they had leased, um, as the lease was coming to an end, suddenly claiming that he owned the building as well. So on the 28th of December, 1598, when Giles Allen, the landlord, was at home in uh, outside London celebrating Christmas, all of the members of the company, including Richard Burbage, Guthbert, Cuthbert Burbage, Shakespeare, uh, they all crept down to the theatre and removed it beam by beam and carried it down to the river and built the Globe Theatre. No. Yeah. They stole a whole theatre and erected it. Um, Can I just ask you about a roof? What Mm. kind of roof did it have? It had a thatched roof. uh, Okay, I thought you were going to say that. Thank you. Crack on. Which is why on the 29th of June, 1613, during a performance of Henry VIII, uh, they fired a theatrical cannon, uh, but misfired it and hit the thatch. And that's why the whole thing burned down. (gasps) Oh. No one was hurt, although there was a patch, uh, there was a full house that night. No one was hurt um, getting out, except for one man whose burning britches were put out with a bottle of ale. Oh wow! I mean, I think they could. They, they were next to a river. There must have been better ways to have put his britches out than pouring wow. beer all over him. Yeah, wow! Um, what an image. Mm. That's a nice image, isn't it? It is. I imagine having your burning posterior yeah. soothed with a, Ooh, a foaming yeah. ale. Mm, mm, the yeast. You've got to try it. You've got to try it. I'm just telling you. Uh, in 1614, it was rebuilt, um, uh, but it was closed in 1644 by the Puritans. Um, it was pulled down in 1644, rather. It was closed in 1642. In 1997, a replica was built 750 feet from the original site. Um, so the globe has proved difficult to get rid of, although, given the current state of theatre in this country, it might not be too long. Theatre Royal mm. Plymouth this week announced 100 redundancies. The Theatre Royal in Newcastle have made half of their staff redundant, despite the fact the arts uh, and culture bring in £10.8 billion a year and £2.8 billion directly to the revenue in tax and employ 363,700 people. There is currently no emergency assistance for the arts being given by the government. 
To put that in context, Italy have given 245 million euros to their art sector. Germany have given a billion euros to their art sector. France have given 7 billion euros and have given all working performers a wage until August 2021. Uh, Canada's given 500 million Canadian dollars. Uh, Australia's given $250 million and the UK has currently given nothing. Zero. (gasps) Nothing. Seriously? Zero pounds from the government for the arts and culture sector, which is why uh, I'd just like to quickly thank all of our patrons who are Mm. keeping things like this afloat. Um, It's hugely important to us and to everyone that you support um, artists at the moment in any way you can. So thank you all for everything you've done. Yeah. And would you call this part of the arts, this historical podcast? I think (laughs) this is is art. This is is definitely (laughs) art. Certainly not educational, is it? No, it's. I'm learning so much just breathing <laughs> and listening to these factotums. Wow. So that's my that's thing for the 29th of June, the burning down of the Globe Theatre, but they still couldn't get rid of it. And hopefully, if we all pull together, they won't be able to get rid of us now either. Uh, well, for starters, mate, the earth is flat, so the whole thing should come down. It should be raised to the ground where it would be flat and therefore a bit more accurate. Thank you. I've got the 29th of June, 1960, and the BBC mm. unveils its TV factory. Oh. Television centre. A £12 million mm. pound complex. It it even had studio one could be partially converted into a swimming pool it was incredible it took six years to build it and uh the guy who designed it graham dorban uh he was wondering what how, how do i build you know no one had ever built purpose-built tv studios before right um they'd been improvising and adapting other old buildings but he was like well what's the what's the best thing to do mm. and uh he was like what do i do and he's just doodling puzzling over this question and drew a question mark on the back of an envelope and went oh wait that's perfect Mm. and realized that was the ideal shape for the building um excuse me i have to come in here just to clarify this is tv center in white city yeah yes yes exactly Um, that so i uh, you're probably a bit young i've i've worked there have you you're too young yeah 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 yeah, i I worked there for a Year a little two. bit I but know. where is the question mark i need because i'm visualizing the question hmm. mark so you know um, the big circle bit is the ring the, the dot on the question mark the yeah the well no the ring is the question mark the, okay. it's not a complete ring uh oh. even no, no, not on the ground floor it isn't you're right yeah exactly so okay. um that's the bit where you know the blue peter people yeah. would always drive a uh, a sinclair c5 <laughs> or whatever around um that's a bit where i had to dress as a tree and recite poetry for uh, I loved working there so much. And for me, it was always, I feel it was as close as Britain really got to Hollywood mm. in as much as it was this centralised hub where yeah. everybody would be. Like at some point, anyone who was anyone was going to end up going in to that the one lift, building. In the lift. And people always have stories yeah. about, I, I don't know if I'm making this up or it might have been an acting rehearsal room, so I'm segueing a bit. But I, I have been in a lift with Ronnie Corbett. Mm, and amazing. I have, and you probably think I'm making this up, yeah. But it may be a, a lift or maybe just walking past Bob, not Bob Hope, that is a lie. Uh, Bob Monkhouse. Oh. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah. Are you impressed? Well, or- I am. Are you? I am imp- I'm very okay, impressed. Thanks. Okay. I mean, I'd be impressed if I got in a lift with Helen Leder for us. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty impressive. It that would. would be pretty impressive. Uh, it would be amusing together. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always thought it was an amazing place. And <clears throat> I was so sad when they closed it down in 2013. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I wrote a song about it. Um, I mean, here's the thing. 
we may play the song if there's mm. time. I don't even know if I've got I'd a I'd love to hear the song. Yeah. Spot the song in. Well, maybe, but... Um, Charm or peculiar quirks A building's a building A place where one works A desk is a desk A chair is a chair It's about what you do It's not about where Television center needed to go For reasons we can't be expected to know It seems in these schemes That when push comes to shove A business decision can't factor in love By TVC I am sorry to see The world has moved on The telly's still here but the vision is wrong As children we watched and we all understood You were the UK's answer to Hollywood On Saturday mornings we watched on TV The one place on earth that we'd most like to be By TVC W12 AQT The world has moved on The telly's still here but the vision is wrong It was old and decrepit Expensive to keep Time to reject it And put it to sleep Not fit for purpose Of course it's a shame If this was a person Would we do the same? For all of its charm or peculiar quirks A building's a building A place where one works And yet when I pass it It tears me apart I think that you've stopped The BBC's heart By TVC I am sorry to see the world has moved on The telly's still here but the vision is wrong There's only a hole now the donut has gone So what, what happened next? Well, it was decided that everything should be moved to Salford. I mm -hmm. believe that uh, for all their talk of creating jobs for local people in Salford and regenerating the area, I think uh, after millions, if not billions of pounds of investment, uh, they uh, created 54 new jobs in Salford. <laughs> oh, my word. And, of course, the oh. BBC, unlike with Television Centre, the BBC does not own anything in Media City in Salford. It's owned by a private company called Peel Holdings and it's leased. Now, the guy who directs it, John Whitaker, in the year 2010 to 2011, doubled his personal fortune <gasps> from mm. one billion to two billion pounds. I mean, how many billions uh, the, is enough billions? Oh, Do you need you know, a second I, billion? Honestly, I would never, I, I'm, I would stop at one billion, yeah. I promise. Okay. I would okay. not be greedy. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it, Patriot. That's our aim, yeah. Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Get now, to a billion pounds. No more, no more. I, no more. I'm just, I'm just going to put some facts out there. That mm. I, it's up to you whether or not you want to make anything of these facts. But Michael Grade oversaw the selling off oh. of Television Centre and the deal made with John Whitaker and Peel Holdings. Um, Wasn't he's it John now, Burt? I'm jumping in. John no, Burt. No, oh, he, no he, he started privatising the BBC, mm. but he didn't oversee oh, the selling off of Television Centre. I thought he wanted Center. the move. No, so Michael, Michael Gray decided that Peel Holdings ought to get the contract. Hmm. 
to buy some worthless scrubland uh, in Salford and turn it into something worth media city. It's a media city. Yeah, it's a city where everyone's made of media. But I don't know if it means anything that Michael Grade then went on to become chairman of Pinewood Shepparton Studios, which was owned by Peel Holdings. (gasps) I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that means anything. Presumably, if you do own Pinewood and Shepparton and a large studio facility in the west of London gets closed down, there is more work for other West London. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. If you shut down one of the biggest studio complexes in London, you will probably pick up a bit more work. Sure. Um, I don't know if it matters that five hundred million pounds of public money was put in to match Peel's investment in the building of Media City in Salford and yet we own nothing not a brick of that that's a good return Uh, on investment there aren't even public rights of way uh, in a lot of it and there was supposed to be all kinds of stuff about social housing and all of that stuff none of that materialised Oh, really? Never happened they've got a delicatessen there haven't they they've got like restaurants and a delicatessen for people yes. to buy, all, all private you know, ham and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, if, absolutely. The ham desirers are well catered uh-huh. for. Yeah. Now, that public money was allocated by the Northwest Development Agency. The chair of that is a guy called Brian Gray, who mm-hmm. now works for Peel Media. <gasps> and Peter Mandelson also allocated that, oh, and great. he worked on the Millennium Dome with Michael Grade. Anyone would think oh this God. was some kind of, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm just throwing that stuff out there. <laughs> Great. Wow. Yeah. We well, on that off the TARDIS. cheery note, let's look at the people who've had birthdays and death days today. Let's do it. Happy birthday to Frédéric Bastia, the French economist, who uh, pioneer of free trade, who uh, had the broken window theory, uh, the broken railroad theory, and as a result of um, free trade, we now have the broken society theory. So, <laughs> thanks, Frederick. Uh, happy birthday to Slim Pickens, the bomb riding cowboy and Doctor Strangelove. He'd been started his life as a radio performer, which I didn't know. Um, Happy birthday to Lavinia Stoddard, an American poet who wrote The Soul's Defiance, which was the most popular poem of the 19th century in America. Happy birthday to Lucien Bonaparte, Napoleon's younger brother, who, during the Napoleonic Wars, escaped to live on an estate in Great Britain. He was more radical than his brother. They often fought. Um, He was an archaeologist. Um, He was excluded at the Restoration. Um, He's generally interesting, but he died on his own somewhere, not being remembered by anyone. Happy birthday to Ramon Lully, or Roman Raymond Lully. Uh, he was a Majorcan mathematician, um, and a hundred of his books were condemned as errors by the Inquisition after his death. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, excuse me, mate, your book there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've read it. Uh-huh. See? Yeah, it's I an see, error, see. mate. It's an error. Your book is okay. an error, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to Elizabeth Barrett Browning, who had the largest collection of juvenilia published um, by any English poet. She uh, was so prolific that at one point she was a contender to be Poet Laureate after Tennyson's death. Um, and she took laudanum for the pain she constantly suffered all throughout her life. Happy what birthday. did she take? I missed that word. Laudanum. What is that? I think it's a tincture of morphine, tincture. isn't it? It's a sort of morphine-based tincture. It's pretty tincture. hardcore stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure it's one of the... Yes, it's an opiate of some sort. Oh, a tincture. Yes. Lovely. I, don't, I don't know if it is a tincture. I'm not sure if but it's Elizabeth a Elizabeth Barrett, she was um, a romantic... I, you know mm. when 
if you can remember, you know, well, I'm very old, but you know when you're in love with someone, that's mm. the only time that you might possibly read poetry. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't all have to stop eating Even um, for like a week, mm, yeah. and then you just read poetry. So I do remember um, reading one of her poems and read it to the recipient of my love, mm. um, but it, it didn't. Did it, it didn't chime. It no. didn't chime in the same way. No. Anyway, oh, just do you think that was the wrong poet, or yes, was it the wrong clearly. subject? Okay. Was it limericks? Were they <laughs> I do like a limerick. Um, no, it wasn't a limerick. You always do that. From yeah. That's the birthdays and the death days. Well, <laughs> which brings us mm. to verdict time, Helen. Yes. Right. Well, this is mm. very interesting. I was very, very interested in the media city having been there. I think I went there mm. when it was very new and it, and like no, no furniture, but there probably mm. still isn't much furniture. So it's kind of big, isn't it? Just yeah. aircraft mm. and the delicatessen. Um, <laughs> um, and shocking, shocking revelations and connections there uh, from the elite. Mm. So that's depressing. So what we need to do <laughs> is we, we need to go back to uh, what was pointed out, I think, by Nat, mm. about this oversight. I think there was just a know that, like, Nobody has given any money to the arts. No. So this fact has to be flagged up and we ha I have to vote for the um, the Globe. Uh, you know, Shakespeare plays, mm -hmm. britches, ale, yeast, and yes. the need to invest, the, uh, to bring everyone back to life. Thank you. Excellent. Well. Helen, have you ever done any Shakespeare? Um, I I was on the Globe um, mm. uh, with Mark Rylance. Rylance, oh, wow. yes. yes. Uh, because I'm hungover, the words don't flow too well. But no. that's good. People oh. have sympathy, possibly. Um, and it oh, was a, it was one of those princess trust things where you do a snippet. Um, oh, yeah. So I did a snippet of Puck's speech, a Midsummer Night's Dream, and. Um, only I, it was only about, sort of, what, nine lines, I think. I got them mixed up. And <laughs> I respect them that. Up. No one knows I, them. I just cracked through and yeah. said, said something a bit modern. And I remember looking at him, and I know this also doesn't sound true, but it is because it was on the stairs after, and his head was in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true. I don't think he could believe that someone, that even I, couldn't do the nine, ten lines of that. Oh was that God. thing? Shakespeare never said boobies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then people just—I don't know if they queried it. It was that, it was the "Give me your hand if we mm. be friends" that one. Mm. But anyway, then I if we got, be frenzies, uh, I think. Get <laughs> it went wrong. It went wrong. But it's—it was quite. So that was my Shakespeare. Yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. Well, join us tomorrow for more anecdotes and fun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're laughing. Yeah. All Come right. We'll tomorrow, see you thanks. tomorrow. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Bye.